What's up? Welcome back to Guitar Blah Blah, the podcast for people that just can't shut up about guitar. I came across something over the last couple of days that kind of reminded me of a cool thing, which I do keep touching on now and again on this podcast and kind of ties into the stuff we talked about in a few recent episodes with uh, talking about Matt Sweeney, that interview where he was going in a kind of a deep dive into how changing from playing with a pick to finger picking completely opened up and changed the instrument. And we were talking about finding new ways to play that suit you and get you expressing in a different new way um, and kind of opening up the instrument in different ways. Um, another thing we've talked about is in terms of, you know, in terms of playing, but a little bit more so in terms of the gear side of things. Um, talking about not trying to just copy other people, not just trying to find the sense of what is the right way of doing things. How do I use this piece of gear to do this? How do I achieve this sound? Which gear do I need to achieve this sound? Which gear relates to this genre or this or that? Um, you know, and that's even something we touched on in um, my interviews with Bastion of Zeal Guitars, talking about isn't it weird that kind of we as bedroom gear nerdy guitar guys bedroom musicians guys in in little local bands or whatever sometimes we're the people that get most obsessed with the idea which is why it often gets marketed to and it's on that kind of consumer side of things as well um that idea that certain pieces of gear fit certain uses very specifically uh, including certain genres of music certain styles of playing and you know of course the companies like i say market to that specifically because that's a big part of the guitar market but you know, as I was saying with Bastian Azil guitars, and as he was saying, you know, there's no reason that these guitars that he builds, for example, which, you know, might kind of have more of a modern, progressive music flavor to them or more of a traditional flavor to them, couldn't just be in the hands of any guitarist exploring and making music with them if it suits them ergonomically in terms of the feel, in terms of what they kind of think is cool. Um, and we were saying that kind of professional players get that because it's their job and the instrument is... Uh, you know, even if they love guitar and are kind of gear nerdy, it's a tool for them and they will look at it as such and then they will go, right, well, what works best for me? They'll be quite pragmatic in a way sometimes and go, yeah, you know, what vibes with me, what inspires me in, in all, all its irrational ways, but what works for this application? How can I use what I got here to get to where I want to go? They look at it like that. They're into the process of making music and that's their focus. And therefore, I think sometimes... It's different from person to person at the professional and the amateur level for sure. But sometimes I think they have a better um, ability to be versatile in their approach and flexible in their approach and understand the versatility of the stuff they're working with, that it's all pretty much infinitely versatile as long as they put their mind to use with it. Um, and they, you know, I think artists use instruments in very interesting ways, use guitars we wouldn't expect, use pedals we wouldn't expect and stuff. And, you know, uh some of that can be in the studio rather than live and we don't necessarily always see it and that can be one of the reasons that we get stuck in our ways rather than seeing that they actually are a bit more open-minded with these things but also i think we do see it but we just go yeah that's super cool and we like talking about it but then we have our fixations you know we have our things where we go man i want this guitar with active pickups for this and i'd love to have a guitar that's this kind of setup that would be perfect for this and you know it's part of the fun of engaging with the the cool gear and the stuff we think is cool and the stuff that we think is interesting and inspiring and that we want to play around with and make music with so it, it ties into that it's it's perfectly harmless thing but um it's cr it's a creative you know it's a creative um positive really a creative help rather than hindrance to have the more open-minded state of these things 
Um, though, of course, it can also help to have a base understanding in there of how do I get certain tones, what certain gear can be used for certain tones. And you can see thousands of people on YouTube, not thousands, but I would say the top kind of guys on there on YouTube, uh, thousands of videos, not thousands of people, but thousands of videos that these top guys on YouTube and stuff have put out, pro guitarists who have their YouTube channel, stuff like that. But, you know, because they have such a good understanding of gear and stuff, they're so quick to be like, okay, I want to get this kind of tone. And they're so quick at putting together a setup to get that because they've got an understanding of the gear. You know, that's understanding the tools you use. Um, and, of course, there's also guys that don't really give a crap about any of it and just just play tons of guitar and have their amazing tone um, because they're fantastic players. They won't necessarily know about navigating a whole world of tone of different possibilities in terms of trying to recreate things. But in terms of getting their tone that they want, they know exactly how to do that from their playing and through what they're working with. So, um, you know, something we talked about quite a bit on here on the gear side, but on the playing side too, is not feeling like there is a set way of doing things. Guitar is a creative thing. Um learning you know people always have these kind of mantras about you know you've got to learn the rules before you can break them or uh you know all of these sorts of things there's this idea that um having this base of knowledge like the gear stuff is extremely helpful and will be a great positive to you and then you can use that to go and be creative and break all the rules and find your own way and stuff and i think there's a lot to that but um you know, I'm not dis. I would never. I'm not actually disagreeing with that. But I think, in terms of emphasizing things, I think some of us get too stuck on the other way. I don't think we need to emphasize that there are rules for a reason and they're useful to learn. I think we actually do that a lot to ourselves, even though we kind of meme on ourselves as guitarists as, oh, "Not going to learn any theory. Not going to do any of this. You know, not going to learn any of these things. Screw that. Just going to mess around on the instrument." And there's a truth to that, right? <laughs> well, I can admit there's a truth to that for me anyway. I don't know about you guys listening, but truth to that for me for sure. I fit into that kind of category a lot uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, the typical guitar is, you know, your friends who are classically play, uh, whether, they, you know, whatever level they got to playing classical instruments, you know, or piano or playing cello or something. You know, it's it's obviously baked in part of learning the instrument. You learn all this theory, you learn all these things. That's a part of what you're doing at every stage. And they, you know, probably uh can make a good few jokes about how guitarists it's like there's all these people who uh, supposedly play guitar but they've um, took all these lessons but they you know don't even they look at me like i'm like i'm crazy if i uh say the name of a chord instead of giving the tab you know what i mean like i'm sure they talk about they may, i'm sure you know people who made these jokes about guitarists like this um it's the same jokes we make about bass players and drummers but it's about us in the hierarchy <laughs> anyway um that's probably why we do it. Some sort of compensation trying to make fun of ba- bassists and drummers because we know that really we're all on the dumb rock and roll level and uh, all these other real musicians are out there knowing their theory and stuff. Anyway, you know, I'm like that too. Um, I can go on forever about what the instrument is to me and why I like approaching it like that and stuff. But I think we actually, despite that kind of thing we can meme on with ourselves, I'm actually quite bad at getting stuck in the idea with, with gear and tone. And also with playing that there is a way of doing things or the way of doing things. And this could be for individual, you know, techniques and how you apply them for individual ideas about making songs for individual ideas about anything. And I think that's because it's not a guitarist thing. It's not an, it's not a musician thing. It's not a creative thing. I think it's just a human thing. Um, you know, there's all these people out there who know so much more than us and have so many different experiences and so many professionals in all these fields that, you know, you feel like, well, who how do I do that? And you, and you want to know how to get to the level to achieve the things that other people are achieving. 
So you want to know the way. That's why we go to guitar clinics. That's why we watch these YouTube videos and stuff. You want to know the way of doing things. And that information you get from guitar clinics from places is so helpful. The information super helpful. Learning is super is super helpful to you. It's only positive having all this information, knowledge, and experience. But I think the paradigm is sometimes unhelpful. The the way that you look at it, the 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 lens through which you look at it, and that lens is sometimes a bit too much when, uh, in any of these situations, you're taking this information and you're hearing this experience and you're trying to put that into a sense of, oh, so this is the way of doing things. Also, this is what I should do. This is how you do it for example you're a guitar clinic and a guitarist is talking about how they have personal very singular individual story maybe even quite idiosyncratic because they usually are of how they became a professional guitarist and you start to hear it and you go so that's what i should do and i think there's a lot of positivity in that because it's motivating but i think it's slightly skewed because if i bring three other guitarists in They'll all tell you a completely different story of of how they got there. And the best thing in terms of searching for what I should do is, and that's how it should be, rather than saying this is the way, this is what we should all do, it should be very personal to you. Here's what I think I should do. Is you listen to all those guys, you see if there are any patterns. So there's 10 guitarists telling you how they became professional guitarists. What are the links between them? And you then compare that and bounce that off with your situation, how that's different to their situations, how your personality is different, how you want to work is maybe different to them and how what's in there with you that motivates you, that connects with you, connects to the things that join those 10 different guitars. And that's a better way of finding out. You're trying to find your path and absolutely, you you know, you're not just looking inwards for that. You want to look out to other people. You want to see how these experienced people have achieved it. But um, you've got to look with that very kind of singular idea of this i'm not so unique in the world it, there's absolutely so much i can take from listening to these guys and their experiences but what are the things that actually are common across them or or reasonably common across multiple people that are at where i want to get at and how does that then apply in the individual sense to me how do i then interact with that with my situation who i am how i work all these things what i should be doing better what i do well now my strengths how can i play off them in a way that connects with the 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 uh, similarities between these guys story that's a better paradigm for looking at it a lens but i think you know when we're we're trying to find the way it's a natural thing to do it's not that there's so much wrong with it i do this all the time um but it's just something worth keeping in mind i think we do this thing where we go you hear someone who's achieved the thing you want to achieve or has a great piece of advice on the thing that you want to achieve and you instantly go like that's the thing that is it that's what i need to do specifically there's a there's so many ways of doing these things particularly in creative fields but really anything like but Particularly in these creative fields, talking with guitar builders, every single guitar builder you hear me talk to on here has a completely weird, different story about how they are, where they are, and where they got there, and how they started this, and this, that, and the other. You know, whether they studied or didn't study guitar building, you know, how they actually got to where they're getting to, and ended up working with an artist, or doing this and that. It's all these weird and wonderful stories, and, you know, the 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 it could depress you sometimes to to go well the conclusion at the end is there is no set path how can i take anything from that and you go well no you can take just as much from it it's just again how you filter that in your mind and how you then assemble that there's you know you listen to someone talk for two hours at a guitar clinic let's use that example again it's not that you go oh that's two hours of useful useless stuff or you go that's two hours of stuff that tells me exactly what i need to do and now i just go copy it it's 
how you reassemble that in your head and how you then work that with all the other knowledge you already have from all these other sources. And I think that's the better way to do it. And you got to react in real time and understand you're going to have to figure this out a bit as you go and stuff like that. You know, it's the same with playing for me. And it's the same with getting tones. Uh, you know, this is what this piece of gear is for and this is what you use it for. No, that information is super useful because you now have an understanding of that person used that piece of gear in that way fantastic and you hear 20 other people talk about it again you take a, a greater sample size and you start to draw the threads between them and with gear it'll be pretty clear you go okay these are a lot of kind of guys who do uh kind of really just overdriven tones kind of just pushing the amp kind of very natural overdrive tones in there for example so you start to understand that piece of gear relates to that but then you should take the creative side again reassemble that in your own head how does that apply to me? What would I use it for? What am I hearing there? I understand how these guys use it. That's incredibly valuable information, but it shouldn't just be a direction. These guys are not just giving you direction. This is how you use this pedal, for example. Nope. For me, it's about taking all of that and going, that's how it has been used. That gives me so much more of an understanding. That's so revealing about what it can do, what it provides, for example, with a pedal. But how can I then use it? And how can I reassemble that? And how can I maybe put it into different situations in which I can utilize the foundational knowledge I've got and reevaluate that and reuse it in a creative manner? And I think that's a better way to do it rather than it feeling directional because this information that people give you isn't usually intended to be directional. But I think we do that. I think we take that. I do it all the time. I go like, okay, so this is the way to use X or this is the way to do Y. This is how I should do things. No, it's it's not supposed to be just directional like that. And I think it comes with playing too. Now, obviously, there's technical things about how you want to, you know, for example, just like your body position. So you're not tensing up all badly and you're endangering yourself with tendonitis and all sorts of nasty stuff. Absolutely, I'm not really going to be taking that apart in any way whatsoever. Um, fundamentals are there for a reason. You know, and, and on the other hand, we all already know rock and roll, punk rock, or we already know that there's a bunch of players that have broken the traditional way. We already know that there's not really the way of playing guitar. There's all these there's rich tapestry of different approaches, different ways of doing things, even things that we thought were foundational and unbreakable in guitar playing. These guys still have found ways to break it and totally crazy ways to approach it. And there's some ex really experimentally kind of exotic and out there and eccentric people we could talk about when we talk about that. But... I want to talk about something a little bit more subtle today because while I think the eccentric examples make it obvious to us and we're familiar with them, this idea that you could approach guitar however you want, it's a creative thing in the approach, not just the outcome, and you could find your own path to playing the guitar, you know, whilst yeah, bearing in mind stuff like you want to be in roughly the right position so you're not causing a bunch of tension and messing up your back or something, these sorts of things, you know, you don't want to get in such a bad habit that you certain things are going to become unplayable uh you know you, you wouldn't want to do that stuff um you no one would recommend that but um we know with these big eccentric examples oh there's ways to reinvent your approach to the guitar and the way to play it but i think there's some of the more subtle examples really help to reinforce the point of play to your situation um the right way of playing is the way that works for you the right way of using that pedal is the way that works for you is the way that gets the sound that's in your head, the sound that makes you expressive, the sound that inspires you. That's the correct way to use the pedal for you in this exact moment of time, in this exact point in the 
universe space-time continuum where you happen to be sitting in the practice room going i want this to happen that's then the right way to use it and we talked about this with weird gear weird you know little specific examples of crazy things in the studio and isolate this track and it sounds totally weird because they ran it through a inbuilt like digital effects unit they pulled out of a pedal and stuck in a guitar and then it had this weird tone but it's the perfect tone in the mix of that solo you know that is the way that producers work and again producers and artists looking at his tools looking at it as i need to get this sound i need to achieve this they do all this crazy stuff they take stuff out of its quote-unquote genre they take pieces of gear and approaches out of their lane out of the way that we kind of put them in their boxes that i think a lot of us put them in and these guys actually take them around and mess around and that's why we find them inspiring and creative that's a big part of it um even if we don't consciously associate it with that that's a lot of the reason why they do things that are then inspiring that sound beautiful and stuff is because that creativity drives them but then also we do look at that specifically like i say we are aware of it especially the more eccentric examples but we are aware of this in all the smaller ones too absolutely we all are um guys listening to this you'll know way more than me way more examples of this than me better examples all sorts of things this inspires us as well but i think it's great just whilst we have a podcast we're all hanging out thinking about music and guitars and stuff to throw out the odd example now and again um just of people who are doing things which are technically interesting or their approach has something interesting in it and to me it's a great example of they're doing that for for a very specific reason that that is the right way for them and therefore it's the right way the right approach is the one that works for you this is what works for them and they've ended up having their own approach to the instrument that is so perfect for them and exactly what they want to do and i just came across a really great example of this this weekend i wanted to share with you you might already have seen this um because it's on the reverb youtube channel uh from reverb.com um i know a lot of guitar guys watch that stuff um but this is actually a bass one um and i just thought it was such a great example it's lou barlow of dinosaur jr and the video is called Lou Barlow of Dinosaur Jr. on playing bass with a really loud guitarist. So obviously he, play, he plays with an extremely loud guitarist, Dinosaur Jr., super, super loud. And I'm going to link to the video in the description of the podcast because I think it's great just to hear him talk through it. Obviously, the first-hand account is better than me regurgitating it here. But the basic principle is he has a really interesting approach to playing bass that I love the sound of. I think it's fantastic. It works incredibly well for the band. That's the important thing here. But I just think it's a great approach and it got me really interested and inspired. The basic idea is that they were, you know, the members of Dinosaur Jr. were playing with their instruments mixed round on different instruments, were playing this hardcore punk stuff and then they switched up to be Dinosaur Jr. And basically, Lou Barlow had to try and keep up with... Um, He's incredibly, you know, the incredibly loud guitar and everything and how loud Dinosaur Jr. is. Um, and he was playing guitar before and he basically had this very like guitar kind of like power chord, like as if you're playing power chord like approach to the bass, which also helped because Dinosaur Jr. used a lot of these kind of bigger, more expressive chords and just playing root notes on the bass didn't really sit and fill out the music in the correct way. And so playing these kind of bigger, heavier strokes to get that volume and to dig in into really punch and lift these more interesting notes and and fingering these chords rather than these single notes um create something tonally and um in terms of the the melodic uh, element of it totally different um i thought that it's an amazing example of you know a player not going well how am i supposed to play bass this person switched to playing you know being on bass there's suddenly bass in this band well, what kind of music are we playing how should i play what are the techniques all of that stuff can be great. You could take in great information like that. And maybe Lou Barlow also did. But what's at the core is an idea of what are we trying to achieve? 
with this creative thing that we're doing um this outlet this this band what are we trying to do what am i trying to achieve as a basis in it what do i need to do practically i need to be heard um but then musically okay i'm trying to uh hit uh some of these interesting notes and these fuller chords with the bass because that's that's making the music have this full blooming element rather than just the guitars doing that and the bass is just um kind of awkwardly sitting in a space next to it you don't want that you want it to to fill out underneath the guitar in the way that bass should and in this case that means it's kind of filling out some of those um some of those interesting notes from the chords from the guitar so to do that you have to play bass very differently you have to approach bass differently and ubalo has a very unique approach to bass which he shows off in this video it was great timing for me because it wasn't just as you can as you could tell this is a great example for exactly this the right approach is the one that works for you um and whether it's to anyone else's taste or not whether you listen to this and you go I hate that I hate the bass sound I hate all of this it is exactly right for what he and the band are wanting to achieve and therefore whether we like it or not you like it or not I like it or not it's a smart demonstration of exactly this core approach you need to have no matter how much information and, and advice you take in from others which is always really useful you should filter it through this core idea of what is it that I'm wanting to achieve. That's the way that's right for me, not a prescriptive one, not someone telling us what the way is. It doesn't matter how experienced they are. It's not about prescriptive. It's about taking that understanding, taking what they're telling you, and at times going like, oh my goodness, you're 100% right. That is exactly what I need to do. And at other times going, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Now, what do I need to achieve with all that in mind? Uh, it's a great example of that. And it came at a really good time for me as well because I was... Um, putting some, trying, to, trying to put together some base ideas on some stuff um, and with it not really working kind of tonally not just really the writing stuff that was a little uncertain too but tone wise it wasn't kind of getting it getting where I wanted to and I did the thing that so many of us do man this will be so relatable to you I didn't want to buy anything but my brain just started to drift a gear and it was like do I need to buy this or do I need to buy that and look if you need this distorted bass sound First of all, I think the first thing you should do, look around. Do you have any distortion pedals for guitar? Do they create a cool sound? Do you have any other ways to distort the signal? Does, do you have something cool that you can do to do that? Through a pedal or through this guitar amp with a line out and then into the DI and it creates this interesting sound. Always experiment like that. Use what you've got around you and experiment. It opens up creativity. The restrictions breed creativity and you'll find new things. And the discoverable, the, 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 the kind of experience of discovering it's interesting and creative and will teach you a lot. I think that's, I'm always up for that. But like, you know, also on top of that, if you're just like, man, I need to get this, this tone. I don't have a thing to do that with. Then that's, why you save up and, and get a new thing absolutely i need a distortion thing i don't have anything to do that with that's working at all or i've experimented or i literally don't have anything buy a distortion pedal do you know what i mean like totally makes sense and if that happens if i need to get something for a certain tone that i just can't get can't get it any other way then then you then then it's a perfectly reasonable thing to weigh up but you go to it way too early when you're just struggling you're like i'm not getting really getting the tone i want and this is what i did here with the bass stuff it was like man do i need to get something is this going to work and you know what i might need to get something for certain tones going forward but watching this video again just made me realize because i was also going yeah well should i be doing this and shouldn't i be doing this and how should i get this tone and it became very like i was looking for a prescription i was looking for someone to tell me or give me the direction i was looking at the information around from way more experienced people good bass players people who know this stuff 
um, you know, it can even be just people online, but people that know stuff know more than you. Um, I was kind of looking for it and it's fine to go out and look for an answer, but I wasn't applying that field of, yeah, but what is it I want to achieve? I was just trying to, I just wanted someone to tell me, you know, I just wanted someone to, 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 to tell me. And you know what, if you're in the room with like a producer or you're in the room with your friend who has been playing bass for 20 years, that sometimes that can happen. Sometimes you can just go, hey, I need an answer on this. And they have the answer because they're in the room with it. They can see what you're doing. They can react to your responses and they can find the answer for you through conversation, through the dialogue, back and forth. But um, just some personal line, talking to someone else on like a guitar video thing, like doing a Q&A to someone else's question and you're just sitting there watching the video on YouTube. There's no interaction. And so they can't see what your situation is. And and, and and so why would you take that as the answer? It's because of that lens you're looking at it with. You're, you've gone out searching for an answer. So as soon as there's one there, you kind of grab it. There's a possible answer, even though it's an answer to someone else's question in a different experience that they're having, in a totally different situation. You still grab it. You see that answer going on. You go, oh, that will work for me. Um, and this is not the way to do it. And this video helped me catch myself and go, no, you know what? I'm going out here and I'm instead of looking for information that can help, which is great, instead of looking for other people's experiences and seeing how that can inform me, which is great, instead of those things, I'm going out, just give me an answer. Someone, I don't know what I'm doing, give me an answer. And without having a dialogue, without being able to do an email back and forth, it's probably not just going to work out. Um, and you're going to get tied down and bogged down and feel like, oh, I'm, you can get discouraged as well because you know, well, it's not working for me and that must be me messing up. And really it's because that's, not the answer that you grabbed. It was just a useful piece of information to consider alongside many others and try and get to your answer that way. Again, it's about finding the way that works for you. What do you want to achieve? And this video helped me kind of reset this. Hearing Lou Barlow and seeing him demonstrate this helped me reset this and go, usually that's my core. It's usually more trying to find the way that works for me. And I lose sight of that just like we all do. And I had then. And like for many of us in losing sight of it, it came with, you know, some like, uh, you know, worrying about this and that, but it also came with the, the gear thing of, oh, do I need to look there? Do I need to get another piece of gear? Do I need to have someone prescribe to me? If you want to get X sound for X music, you need to get Y. Oh, okay. Let me look into that. And it just, this video really helped me reset and that not just saves you the money of not buying gear you don't need to buy. Um, but you know, it also was like, um, useful because it it gets me actually looking in the right place and thinking about the right sort of inf- as I'm taking information and thinking about the right sort of thing of finding my way but it also just kind of helped me do that reset which like for me that's that is my kind of central point that I like to be on and focus on is what am I trying to achieve and like there's not rules with this like if I achieve the zone I want to achieve that is it that is the end of the sentence that is the end of your needing to ask questions about this because if I wanted to achieve X and I did it, it doesn't matter whether I did A or B or C to get there. doesn't matter. Um, if I do it in the way where I go like, oh my goodness, yes, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Or I go, oh, that's even better. That's perfect. I ended up in this other place and that's even better than what I wanted. Perfect. That's making music and that's a positive thing. So that's it. Um, and that's the attitude I really like to have and like to keep. But, you know, sometimes we all get off our own best track we all end up kind of working against our own self-interest and um seeing great musicians talk like this really helps to sometimes reset that and especially sometimes when you just get it 
really well timed like this and this Lubaba video for me was really well timed um the fact that it was specifically bass as well helped but just having an artist be like yeah i needed to I have a weird approach and tone and all this stuff because I needed to find the thing that works for me. Dinosaur Jr. has these idiosyncrasies as a band. This is how to do it. And I was like, yes, that is the approach. Reset my mind kind of thing. Get my mindset right. Anyway, so I'll link to that video in the description of the podcast. Obviously, I could suggest you also go check out Dinosaur Jr. as our music suggestion for today. I felt like that was a bit of a cop-out. I felt like, you guys know Dinosaur Jr. You guys know you should listen to them anyway. Well, at least today can serve as a reminder to go listen to some Dinosaur Jr. as well. But um, I wanted to give you guys a track as well. So also linked in the description of the podcast is a track called One by One by the Blue Stones. You might have ended up listening to this because... I got this on one of those random like YouTube algorithm things like just came up nothing to do with anything was just there YouTube the algorithm threw it at me um, and clearly like you know YouTube does this thing I don't know if you've noticed where it just picks stuff and just like that today this video is going to everybody um, you know or this week and it's just like it just the, the algorithm just throws stuff at you um, and uh, literally like every single comment on this video <laughs> for this song is literally just like, wow, thanks, YouTube algorithm. Oh, wow, sometimes the YouTube algorithm works. Oh, I've never heard of this band. I somehow got it suggested, but I'm not complaining. Uh, it seems it just, YouTube just threw this at everybody. Um, and everyone's very happy about it because it's a good track. So yeah, One by One by The Blue Stones, linked in the description of the podcast and this uh, video that I'm blabbing on about uh, from Reverb.com. Uh, with Lou Barlow of Dinosaur Jr. So go and check those things out. Hopefully they both, in their own ways, inspire you um, to keep enjoying and playing guitar. Hopefully you go and do that. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. As always, I'll catch you again tomorrow.